Hello, everybody. This is RPG Cast 504 for the week of June 22nd, 2019. I am your host, Anime Privateer, and we've got new people, we've got old people, we've got returning people. So, old people, Joshua Carpenter. Hi. Hello. Morning. New people, we've got Ryan Radcliffe. Well, you're Hello. kind of new. You've been on the Game of the Year show. Yes, never been on the RPG cast, so All right, this is my we're, debut. We're popping your RPG cast cherry, just so that people know. Um, what do you do for RP, RP Gamer? Um, I do news articles and sometimes review games. Sweet. And we have someone returning. Hi, Peter Thomas. Hi. That's not his name. Oh, Peter J. Thomas. It's, it's, yeah, I'm just Peter J. Well, well welcome I'm to the novels. Can I take your order? <laughs> I'm actually going to be a pop celebrity and just go by Peter J. Peter J. Then there's that guy over there. It's Chris. He's not important at all. Nope. All right. So we are going to jump straight into what we've been playing. It's a bit of a, a light week because we're on that like uh, post E3 lull. Post E3 bender. <laughs> but it does mean <laughs> that we've had lots of time to play games this week, I hope. Yeah. So Josh's game is kind of uh, the one that I'm going to put front and center to start. So, Josh, tell us about Judgment. Yeah, that's pretty much the only thing I've been playing the last, like, two weeks. Uh, so, Judgment, for anyone who doesn't hasn't been following it, that's the new game from the Yakuza team. It's set in the exact same city as all the other Yakuza games have been set. And the fictional, yeah, Kamarochiro, the fictional red light district of Tokyo that they've been using for years and years. So this time, instead of playing as a Yakuza, you're playing as a detective. Like, this detective kind of has a... Like a it's Takami, Takagumi Yagami, and he kind of has a dark past because he uh, was originally a lawyer, and he got a guy off on a murder charge. And it's a little bit different in Japan. You know, here in America, like, that would be awesome. You would be, you know, loved if you got a person, uh, you know, a person off on a murder charge. You know, even if the guy was guilty, everyone would kind of like go, well, you know, like, oh, yeah, good lawyer. <laughs> it's what you want. In Japan, not so much. Like, it's like 99 plus percent of people who are uh, – who are who actually go to trial end up getting convicted in Japan. So it's really, really rare that someone gets off. And unfortunately for uh, Yagami, even after he got this guy off, not long after that, he was accused of and ended up going to prison for pretty brutally murdering his girlfriend and setting their apartment on fire. That's like the first three minutes of the game is like this flashback to this. So it kind of starts out on a a much more serious and somber tone than Yakuza games he usually loses do. loses attorney's pin, and now he needs to go help. Does know. he play piano? It's very yeah, it's Phoenix Wright. <laughs> he, does, he does not play piano, okay. but, like, okay. yeah, yeah. He's very much like, you know, he, he... It's not so much they took away his law license, but he, he's lost his, uh, you know, his no drive to be him. a lawyer oh, after he that. lost his... Oh... It's a journey yeah, of self rediscovery. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> All right. So I one one thing that I was curious about because I was watching a couple people stream it is the Yakuza um, games have a pretty heavy focus on combat, and the combat yeah. is pretty, um, for lack of a better phrasing, heavy. It's yeah. uh, you know uh, 
um, who, who's the guy in Yakuza? I'm blanking. Kazuma Kiryu. Yeah, Kiryu. He's Kiryu. the main character. Kiryu, Kiryu is like big Kiryu and bulky. And so he hits like he's a truck. But this yeah. guy, he's like really tiny and skinny. Did they bring back yeah. the break dancing? No, they didn't bring back the break dancing. What they've oh. done with combat, and I mean, they've done this in uh, like Yakuza 4 and Yakuza 5 where they had lots of different, you know, like side protagonists that would take over for certain chunks of the story. Um, they've, they've always done a pretty good job of like making the characters feel different. And uh, Yagami is another one where they, yeah, he definitely does not hit with as much uh, force as uh, good old Kiryu does. But they've they've balanced it. He's he's um, actually, you know, like that's part of his backstory is, you know, he took martial arts from his father. So he plays he plays lighter. He plays quicker. He has two different styles of combat. I think one of them, the the one in, one of them is called crane style. The other one is called tiger style. And they yuck as a team has kind of gone back and forth where they've expanded. I can't remember which one it was, whether it was uh, the first Kiwami or maybe zero where they got up to this crazy number where they had like five different fighting styles and it would, it got kind of ridiculous. So this one, they've, they've pared it back down to two styles. You have the crane style, which is kind of like um, basically for what you use for when you're dealing with crowds, you don't do as much damage with any one of your attacks, but he does like these big wide, broad sweeping kicks that are really useful when you've got like six or eight guys bearing down on you and you need to kind of clear out around you. And then the tiger style is kind of more set up for one-on-one fighting, especially if you're like taking on one of the tougher bosses. you like, you want to go over to the tiger style where you're doing more damage. Um, he feels different than Kiryu. You know, he's lighter, he's quicker, he doesn't do quite as much damage, but it still feels pretty much the same. Like like they they have they've done previously and they've done it again here where they kind of like they do a really good job of making it feel unique but also still feel of the same style, if that makes sense. <laughs> but the combat is good. It's you know, like even though you're playing as a detective, like there's still lots of it, it has that same Yakuza kind of pacing to it where there's still going to be plenty of thugs and Yakuza wandering around the street, the streets of Kamarotro who will you know look to beat you up. Um, and that ends up making up a lot of the gameplay. Uh, the other thing, of course, they added since you're playing as a detective is there's a lot of detective bits which, you know, like um, it kind of encompasses like there are tailing missions there are missions where you have to follow someone. There are missions where you have to run and chase someone down and catch them. That's actually been in Yakuza games before. There'll be ones where you have to uh, some of them are kind of neat where you have to uh, like find actual people like someone will give you a description like, oh, the person's wearing a gray suit and they're you know they're they're bald and they've got a mustache and they're wearing glasses and like you have to like oh, look around and find John. the person that fits <laughs> yeah you have to find the person that kind of fits that description and so, then there are also somewhere yeah go ahead you get um uh a droid a drone a droid yes yeah this isn't the droid you're looking for it's just a drone. nice Yep, you get a drone too. There's like, 
you can do spying with the drone, but you could. There's also like a drone racing circuit that you can get involved in, no. racing drones through Camarocho. <laughs> one of the one of the side things, because side, you know, all the goofy little side stuff that Yakuza is known for is back in uh, is back in Judgment. Do you, do you play um, slot cars? No, no slot cars. Okay. Un- unfortunately, no. Well, maybe that's a good thing because I I got hooked on the slot car thing no back in the Yakuza game. No hostess clubs in this one. There, there is like one kind of like side quest that at least I did that kind of involved going into a hostess club, but you can't just go into a hostess club and chat up the ladies. It's kind of not Yagami's kind of uh, um, personality to to do that, right. and of course, like that means. By, by that, that, that's what the uh, creators have said, and of course that saves them from creating, you know, whatever it is. They always have like six or eight girls <laughs> that they usually recruit to do that, so saves them on that side too. But if it fits, there, there are still plenty of side things to do in in Judgment, just like there always is in Yakuza games. There's the Sega arcades. They've introduced a, a new thing which is actually kind of like a callback to the uh spin-off uh that they did the uh Dead Souls spin-off they actually made a uh, a shooter oh, game the, the Camaro of the Dead Yes yes which is funny because Good. apparently it's only hidden in one in one arcade you can't get it at most arcades Yeah yeah it's only in the bigger uh, one in the theater district but I'm like, I see that. Yeah, I remember uh, Pascal talked about it in his like little preview of it. Like they were showing it off, and he was just talking about it straight. And I'm like, oh, they're referencing uh, the Dead Soul Yakuza Dead Souls game because you're going around shooting zombies around Camarocho. <laughs> it's apparently pretty hard. It's back. Yeah, I don't know. I got like halfway through it when I tried it and died. <laughs> yeah, most of the people I know that are playing the game are stuck on level three, so. So, like, the detective stuff, uh, I was going to say, like, up to this point, it had been okay, and they had done a really good job of, like, not overdoing, you know, spacing out the parts of the detective stuff. Like, it, it's not really the, it's not the strongest part of the game. It's not terrible. I did run into one this morning that just frustrated the heck out of me and had me wanting to throw my controller, because I'm, like, tailing these I'm tailing like one person in particular and he has like two goons with him and like I'm following them into the Millennium Tower and one of the goons gets hung on the door. And so like but it starts, you know, giving me the warning because I'm losing the main guy I'm tailing. (laughs) And so but, the you know, like the one goon is just like hung walking into the door. And so like I try to run past him and then that goon sees me and I end up failing the mission. Mm. And there, there are a few times. Yeah, it's really frustrating. And there's a few few times in those missions, like in the sometimes in the tailing missions, sometimes in the uh, oh the ones where you have to like find a specific thing. It swaps over to first person mode, and you've got to find like oh find the bug in this room or or something like that. Um, those can turn into like they were almost reminding me of the worst of like. 1990s LucasArts adventure games where you'd have to like go around and try and find the one particular pixel you're supposed to click on. <laughs> you know, that one little bitty thing down there in the corner that's actually the key to solving the puzzle. Like there there've been a couple of those that have been frustrating. 
to that to that extent. But for the most part, like that that stuff has been okay. And and it's been okay mostly because they've concentrated on the Yakuza style combat where it's just like, oh, you're you're gonna solve most of your problems by beating people up. Just like Kiryu always did. That's the answer to everything. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you yell and scream and then you beat someone up. That yeah. that's how you that's how you solve things in in the Yakuza in the Yakuza games. You know, that's how most adults do it. Totally. Yeah, at least it, well now you know like Kiryu, now you don't have a Yakuza, so he's not like ripping his shirt off to show the full back tattoo. That doesn't happen anymore. But otherwise, yeah, kind of kind of similar. <laughs> but I think what what. What's really been winning me over is like the story. Like it, it started off a little bit. I think part of it was just, um, you know, spent like seven games or even eight maybe with that um, uh, spinoff with Kiryu and that same kind of group of cast. And so to start with, I was kind of like missing those guys. But as the as the game has gone on, like I've really kind of hooked on to the cast. Um, uh, Takami has like this. Uh, this really uh, ex Yakuza sidekick who is uh, fantastic. I really like him. And the story has really gotten deep and interesting. Like you start out, uh, there's been this series of murders and it seems to be a serial killer. And he is the, the murderer is like gouging people, gouging the eyes out of these people with like an ice pick. And it's this rival Yakuza clan to the Tojo clan who's always been around in the the Yakuza games. And so it starts out thinking like it's like, oh, just the rival clans going, you know, the rival Yakuza groups going at it. But, you know, like you end up first, you start out like defending this Yakuza who's accused of one of the murders. And then as you get further and further into that, like it starts unraveling as you start you know, like investigating the the series of murders, and then that le- that eventually starts leading into this other these other murders that happen in the thing. So, it, it it's a really interesting and well done plot. Um, I'm almost done with the game. I think I'm I've, I've got to be right right around at the end. I think I've put like 35 hours into it. So, like I've been I've been really enjoying it and been really impressed with it so far. And that's been taking up your whole week, right? I assume so. Uh, yeah, that pretty much. All right, let's get the newbie. Ryan, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I've been playing a little bit of uh, Final Fantasy XI. Wait, wait, wait. Not I, 14, 11. Not 14, yeah. I'm, I'm going old school and, uh, oh, and not just replaying. Old school, <laughs> Why? Oh, ask him where he's playing Final Fantasy XI. Oh, you're playing on an official server, aren't you? I'm playing on a private server. All right. And why are you playing so, on a private server? Uh, because it's the throwback server. It's yeah. the level 75 cap. <laughs> it's level 75 land. Oh, it's cool. That's right. So I don't know if you know this, but um, during E3, the um, the guy who makes 14 um, got asked if he was ever going to make a throwback Final Fantasy 14 server. And as soon as the question started, because he understands English, he started laughing and just laid his head on the desk while he was laughing. And as soon as the, <laughs> the journalist finished the question, he looks up and he just goes, Nightomera. Yeah, but that's 14. Man. This is 11. 
11 classic servers are better? Well, see, 11 was a functional good game when it was old. 14 wasn't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's jump to Path of Radiance instead. No, no. I want to hear about what you're doing in in 11. No, no, no. It's been years (laughs) since we've gotten to talk about 11 on this podcast. Yes. Let's talk about Fire Emblem instead. How about you ask him on our Discord, which anybody can join if you go to rpgamer.com slash Discord. Are you camping circuit for 14 hours? Shut up, Chris. Talk about Path of Radiance. <laughs> no, no, no camping right now. Usually I just uh I just look for group while I while I write articles and then I realize I pay more attention to the game than actual the actual writing, and then eight hours go by and I've accomplished nothing in either either market ah that's um, the final fantasy 11 i remember <laughs> <laughs> but yeah with um with fire emblem um my fiance every once in a while likes to uh go through my uh, rpg catalog and will pick a game um that she hasn't you know seen the story of and she'll just watch me play it um so she picked fire emblem path of radiance uh, she's played the game boy or the ds fire emblem so she's kind of familiar with the series oh, the shadows one man. the one that was a remake she's, of the original oh well no no the the ds uh the 3ds one so oh, she's oh, familiar the 3DS with like the baby okay yeah so like awakening uh, like, and, and conquest and stuff right she's gotcha. played echoes and stuff like that so cool. she's she knows of the series but she's never seen like the the older games so the older roots yeah right before they started you know going into the the waifus and all that other fun stuff um so that's been fun you know i put it on the easy setting because i don't want to have any characters die and i'm letting her pick um the units that go out into fights so that'll be overpowered weapons Uh, i haven't crafted overpowered weapons yet i haven't gotten that far um we're we're just about to lose the the daddy oh Oh, okay. okay so um, she's she's trying to figure things out and she's getting everything wrong. She thinks Soren is a spy. Um, <laughs> although she did she did guess that she did guess that the the maiden that we found was a princess, so she got that one right at least. Um, maiden is always a princess in Fire Emblem. <laughs> yeah, so so that's been fun. Just you know, kind of just uh, playing that game again. I I do I did notice that all the characters uh, seem to fight with one hand. They don't use their offhand at all. Like. Even the axe users, they kind of just <laughs> loaf around and swing with one hand. It, it looks kind of silly. Um, Isn't that how you swing your weapons? <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Clearly, that's the most up. effective way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the battle animations in that game have not aged very well. <laughs> yeah. So eventually, I'll probably just skip the battle animations to make you know make the fights go by oh. quicker because I think she's just more focused the, on on the, seeing what happens with the story no, see, and the, the thing is the crits the, are what you need. The crit animations are the best in that one. <laughs> That's the good animations. So so probably probably finish that one and then get into Radiant Dawn. And she's I, I guess she wasn't even aware that Ike grows up. I was like, yeah, you get to see Ike look like guts. Oh, beefy. That, that, that is the coolest thing about those two games, and you can carry over your save files and all that stuff. That was really fun. Yeah. So I'm having fun. It's been, it's been oh, I don't know, probably like five or six years since I've played this. So 
Yeah, and it's I been see. a long time since I've played Final Fantasy XI, so both of these are just going back old school. <laughs> All right. I still have to play Path of Radiance. Chris is also oh, going Path, old school. Path. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, just like Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. Those are my favorite Fire Emblem games. I love them. Yeah, I like uh, Path of Radiance. I, the only thing I, I dislike is after you beat the game, there's no real good way to like save the conversations that you have with all the characters. Mm-hmm. Like in the Game Boys, you can go back and you can kind of like collect all of them and you can, you know, really. Yeah. But it didn't seem like they were really focused on that in this one. All right. So Chris is going old school. Yeah, I'm playing the Final Fantasy V Four Job Fiesta. Well, you're, and you're playing two old games this week because not only are you playing the um, Final Fantasy V Four Job Fiesta while we're streaming, and if you don't catch us live, <laughs> um, we record every week at noon Eastern, nine AM Pacific at Twitch.tv/RPGamer. So um, we've talked about this before, but just in case people are new, um, uh. Can you explain what the Four Job Fiesta is? Yeah, so Four Job Fiesta is an event run by Revenant Kyoku, and I don't know where he's from, but he's been doing this for years and years and years. He's on Twitter. He makes a thing called Gilgabot. Gilgabot is Gilgamesh, and he yells at you, and you can sign up, and you can say, hey, I want to play a Four Job Fiesta run. And you can do a normal run, or like, a, oh, actually, normal run is something else. There's a different, there's a bunch of different variants, but the, basically... Uh, the little Twitter bot will tell you what jobs you have to use from each of the four crystals. So when you get those jobs unlocked, you have to have one of them in your party from then on. So it's basically a job challenge where you don't get to pick your jobs and you just get what's assigned to you. And hopefully it's not a bunch of berserkers and you can complete the game without issue. And sometimes you have four bards and things go real bad. So it kind of depends on how things roll for you. Um, that last one, you would need to be in a very specific variant to be able to end up with four of the same job, but hey. Um, so your party right now is Black Mage, Time Mage, and Mystic. Yes, I haven't unlocked the four job, fourth job yet. I'm working on that right now. All right. Um, you've also been thrown at old school this week because you've been playing the Borderlands pre-sequel with some friends I of ours. I have. I have. So Peter and I talked about playing Borderlands 2 last week, and while we haven't really gotten our butts together to, to do that we're going to do it today but um today i think we are Let's today yeah, all right um but uh in the meantime i started playing the pre-sequel with some other friends and because i'd never finished that and i wanted to play it so i was it started off me complaining to friends why do i suck at borderlands make me better and then it ended with us all playing together and apparently that's the answer is just play with other people so also, don't play Claptrap if you're playing by yourself, which is what I was doing. And that was a bad plan. <laughs> He's a support class. You, you run off, and then is... you die, and then you get sad, and then Mistiana and Chrissy make fun of you. Yeah, you got it. Is Claptrap like Oddjob in Goldeneye, where he's just smaller and harder to hit? No, Oddjob is useful. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so there. That's the. Uh, that's the. That's what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What about you, Anna? Um, I have been playing a few things this week. Um, so I needed a game to play on the flight home from E3, so I picked up Cadence of Hyrule. 
Um, and so what I discovered very quickly is, yeah, I, I definitely suck at rhythm games. I'm so bad. <laughs> Why See, that's am what I, I so wondered about that game because I'm because I'm terrible at rhythm games. But, I have no rhythm. So can can you play it if you have no rhythm? Yes. So here's the deal. If you go into the options menu, you can turn on what's called the fixed beat mode, which is completely undescriptive, but at the same time, it makes sense once you play it. And put it into fixed beat mode. So the way that a uh, classic Crypt of the Necrodancer works is every beat you need to be moving. Boom, 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 boom. Gotta do something every beat. In the fixed beat mode, it works like a mystery dungeon game. So one of your actions equals one of the enemy's actions. So if you move, if you use an item, if you use one of your tools, and there's Zelda tools, and there's Necrodancer tools, mostly Zelda tools, um, or like swing your weapon to attack, any one action equals enemy an enemy reaction. And it lines up to the way that the enemies work in... Um, the the beat in the regular beat mode so like slimes move on every other beat so in the fixed beat mode they move on every other action Does that make sense yeah 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 that instantly reminded me of uh, lufia 2 with the ancient cave for some reason similar concept yep um i say mystery dungeon because i've played a lot of them and so that's what it reminds me of um so yeah that was great it 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 took me a long time to finish one run. I think it was close to six hours by the time I finished it. That is a game that you are intended to play multiple times over and over again because um, each run is randomized. And so um, the the world and the dungeons are all procedurally generated. So like Kelly and I were talking last night on Discord and it was like, all right, so my desert's in the bottom right and my um, death mountain is at the top in the middle, and my forest is in the is at the top right. And she was like, "Yeah, my forest is like the top left, and my desert is the bottom middle, and my water temple was like all the way to the left on the very bottom." I'm like, "Yeah, th- these maps sound totally different from each other." So you know, there will always be a certain amount of desert tiles, but where they generate into the map and how you access each of them, like there are different entrances and exits, is randomized every time. And then the dungeons are randomized. And there's all sorts of overworld stuff to explore and caves to discover. And you you get like a bow and arrow like a Zelda, and then you get the uh, different elemental arrows. And there's a hookshot and a boomerang, and you can get upgrades for a bunch of your stuff. Like in my run that I got, I never found a shield. Kelly got a level three shield. So just to kind of contrast and compare in play styles. Um, there's also the traditional set of um, Crypt of the Necrodancer weapons. So you get um, a, a an accessory, a ring. You get um, a shovel because it's Crypt of the Necrodancer. Um, you get a, a lantern. And then you get boots. And so all of those have different um, effects that will randomly spawn for them. And then in terms of weapons, you get a dagger, a sword a spear and a flail and then miscellaneous legendary weapons. And the legendary weapons are locked to only one person. So, yeah, that was really fun. And um, you can play a Zelda or Link or Cadence, who's the main character from Crypt of the Necrodancer, Cadence of Hyrule. Um, And there's actually a Seeker character you, you can unlock as well. I honestly don't know why you would play them, but I don't want to spoil why. 
And so after that, I was like, all right, I want to play another RPG. I maybe shouldn't play a long RPG. Hey, people keep telling me that I need to play Workgroove, particularly Chris, who's been on my case about it. And it was on sale. And I was like, I should get Wargroove. And Chris was like, no, I own it already. Just play it on my account. All right. So I jumped on Chris's account and I played Wargroove. And I didn't like it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. You liked it at first. I did. <clears throat> because I was enjoying the challenge and like setting up my maps correctly and getting like the right balance of units. But the problem that I had very quickly was that because there's no RPG progression in the game, I didn't care about any of my units. The more the most interesting part was when do I get to play Caesar again? Caesar being the, the dog. dog. Mm. And, so, and so, so what kind of progression do they have then? Sorry. There's none. Oh. Yeah, absolutely none. Which well, that's I, awkward. I know, and it was like I just I can't and I mean maybe this is just a feeling of me. It's like I don't know. I did when, did Advance Wars have progression? I don't know. I didn't play oh, it. Oh, you didn't play it. No. Okay. Um, and so it's like none of these things matter to me. And so I was just like, all right, I'm mostly interested in the story beats of this game. So halfway through the game, I turned it down to like the e absolute easiest I could turn it down to, which restricts you to only a maximum of one star per level. So you can't get the super awesome final ending, which requires you to get all of the stars. So there's Ooh. like 33 or 34 levels. And you have to have 100 stars, which means you need to get three stars in all of them. Is there like a rock, paper, scissors type nope. of uh, you know, weakness chart? Oh, nope. okay. I mean, certain enemies are, or certain units are weak to other units, but it's kind of all over the place. And honestly, I never understood why some units were weak to others. Like, some of them make sense. Archers do good damage against flying units. Huzzah! Magic users go do do good damage against flying units. Also the undead. Also dogs. Also um, catapults. Mm. Because reasons. Yeah. So I mean, it's not a bad game. Um, I finished it. So I mean, it was interesting enough to keep me through the end. Well, you're almost at the end and you're like, eh, may as well. Yeah. So it's, it's just that. not a good game for me. Oh, well. That's okay. So then I did play a game that was good for me because I jumped into Atelier Lulua. Oh man, this game <laughs> is so good and it gets into spoiler territory so fast that I don't even know what to talk about. Um, but this has already become my favorite Atelier game. Um, and it's great because the cool thing is, is you don't actually have to have played any of the other Arland games to play Lulua. Because they explain really well who all the characters are and where they came from and why you should care about them if you don't know who they are. And it introduces you to all sorts of new characters. And um, from the perspective of Lulua, all of this stuff is new. So even if it's also new to you, you understand her. And if you're a veteran from the series, you basically understand her teacher's perspective because the teacher is basically taking her to all the places that she hasn't gone but where all of the rest of the cast did in the previous three um, Arland games. And so okay. the alchemy system is really cool. It's really different from, well, really anything in the last few games. Um, there are push-pull mechanics. Um, so like there might be um, an item that if you go up in um, 
um, earth element, you'll be able to get buffs to the item. Um, but the more blue uh, items with a blue element, ice element you add to it, that actually reduces the amount of earth that you have on the item and can potentially cause it to break. <laughs> There's also a book, and it's like Atelier Sophie had this book concept, but they kind of fell down in how they implemented it in that it didn't give you enough information. It was super, It was vague to the point of aggravation. Um, and the flow of how the book worked um, was kind of all over the place. So sometimes you would go down way one path and then have to come back and finish another path in the book. Um, but this is super straightforward. It's laid out really well. It's just puzzling enough that it's satisfying. Um, and then there are both main story beats that you can do and optional story beats that you can do. I don't like that they call them optional because honestly, they're really mandatory because they get you all of the items and things that you need to continue to progress through the game. Um, and so they also do a really good job of um, increasingly making alchemy more and more complex through the game. So it's like, at first, you can only craft things that are up to 50 um, quality, and then they unlock that up to 100, and then they unlock it even further, I, up to like 999. I'm not there yet. I'm just at 100. Um, and then they give you like the ability to add effects to your... Um, alchemy uh things that you alchemize so like being able to raise or lower um the elements on a thing um so that if it's itself used in alchemy you can change the way that um recipes work um there are like buffs that you can put on at the last minute it's like oh i'm like one brown short all right i'm gonna throw on this brown alchemy thing and then i'll be able to get it so yeah it, it adds more and more layers to it in a way that feels really natural totally makes sense isn't overwhelming i just love this game so much i'm 10 hours in i think i played five hours both yesterday and the day before i'm loving it i can't wait to play it some more well that works yeah you yeah you've almost convinced me to pick it up you should get it it's <laughs> really good and, and i've kind like of fallen like off those the other... atelier like, huh. like yeah well isn't that like the last trilogy was really bad though yeah, the Mysterious Trilogy wasn't so great. Oh, and the performance on no, the Switch is, is, like, flawless. And I particularly say that because um, I played Lighty and Suelle on the Switch, and it was a little laggy. <laughs> and if I notice the lag, that's bad. That's pretty bad, then, yeah. And right. Koi Tecmo hadn't done great on the Switch with those games. This no. is much better. Much better. Better than the Vita, thank goodness, but, yeah, still... Right. So uh, how how different is uh, this one compared to Atelier uh, Iris? Because that's the last one I've played Super in the series. Super different. Um, <laughs> structurally, the game will be very similar. So it's still a mix of between going out, getting stuff, fighting enemies, coming back, alchemizing with the stuff that you found in order to power yourself up to continue to go out and fight enemies. It's a really satisfying gameplay loop. Oh, and they do things like um, if there's a conversation or story beat happening in a specific area, you can press the uh, minus button to bring up like a, a little menu that lets you warp between all the areas in town. And there'll be a little star beside an area that has a story beat involved or where you have to turn in items. Because I can't remember if it's like this in Iris, but um, there are friendship values that come with all of the people that you meet. And that's both NPCs and people in your party. And key NPCs, like Pamela. Was Pamela and Iris? Wasn't she in everything? 
There's been a few I games. I think she, she was. Oh, it's, Iris. It's yeah. Been a yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, she was. That's yeah. the one I played on PS2. Yeah, yeah. she's dead. Absolutely, she was. <laughs> if you didn't know, she's a ghost. Yeah, she's also in uh, the Manicamia series. Yes, too. she's in Manicamia <laughs> as well. Um, and so I just I got the shock of my life because she's not wearing her purple dress and her <gasps> purple bonnet. She must be in her like. Uh, Wasn't she? It, showing up as other forms in other games no she yeah, must be in her I... homunculus body See? so in in that's Rorona, another form <laughs> in rorona and totori and mirror she shows up with a slightly different look every game because she's using bodies but yeah. they they've been alchemized it's not like she's robbing the graveyard okay good so we don't want anything creepy going on all right i think that's everything that i've been playing so last but not least peter Yay at me. You can um, talk about Harry Potter Wizards Unite. I am. Uh I did want to say too, I didn't want to stop you while you were talking, but Wargroove came uh highly recommended to me too, and I'm kind of on the fence now listening. <laughs> I'm like listen I don't really know if I want to try it or not now. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um so Oh, I we mean, both know old, you've already bought with... it. You may as well do it. I didn't though. That's the what? thing. It's we found the one game you haven't bought on the Switch. It's the one game I know. But um, yeah. So <clears throat> I actually made a mistake last week. I think I had said that I was trying to beat through uh, Valkyria Chronicles Four for the release of Bloodstained uh, on Tuesday, which I guess technically it did for everybody but me. Yep. Um, <laughs> Since I got the Switch version, that doesn't come out until this Tuesday. So that I've been plowing through that. I think I'm on Chapter 14 now. And, uh, you know, we were chatting yesterday about all this. And Josh got to laugh at me as I got ambushed entirely and watched my entire squad get decimated. So I have to redo that battle so hard. <laughs> um yeah, it was. Uh, it's not fun. Anytime, anytime a battle in this game goes better than planned, then you know you just start getting anxious, and it's not fun. Um, but yeah, I think I'll have it done though before Tuesday, thankfully. And uh, I say thankfully because I want to beat the game, not because it's a bad game. It's still wonderful, and I'm enjoying the crap out of it. So um, I just have too many games to play. But uh, yeah, my my latest addiction um, has been the Harry Potter Wizards Unite game, uh, which was made by the same company who did Pokemon Go, uh, Niantic. And um, I have been telling everybody who's asked me if I've liked this game or not that as a standalone game, it's phenomenal. I think that it's they've done such a good job with it, um, especially if you are, enjoy the lore, um, because there's a lot of things that you'll see and pick up and, and grab and, you know, potions that you're making and stuff that are like, oh, yeah, I remember that from the books or the movies or whatever your, you know, your uh, media consummation preference was. But um, the thing that makes it sad for me is that while playing this game, I realized that this is why they dropped the ball so hard on Pokemon Go. Um Everything about this is much more polished and refined. Um, they took all of the mistakes that they made from Pogo and, you know, completely got rid of them here. Um, with the exception of being that the game is a little buggy still, uh, being its first launch. Um, I found out that on certain devices, mine included, that if you are trying to cast a spell and you have the vibration feature on, 
Um, your spell finger lags. I guess that's <laughs> the only way to put it. <laughs> um, so I turned that off and it, it runs smooth as butter now. But um, yeah, it's just it's kind of a bummer. I mean, the textures look really good. The backgrounds look really good. Uh, all of the mechanics in it are much more different. And I I get that it's, a, you know, the next step in their journey. And I get that it's also a different world. Um, so the textures probably were going to look different regardless. But, I mean, it just seems like they put a lot more effort into this um, than they have in Pokemon Go, which has been out for, what, four, three years? Three years. Yep. Yeah, almost three years to the day. Wow. Is there something to actually um, do in this game? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that Pokemon Go didn't have that this has is a story. Um, so there's actually a lot of different things that are going on. Um, so outside of, like, the, you know, the missions of, like, hey, catch 10 things today and pick up two of these today. Um, there's actually these little mysteries that that exist, and you're trying to figure out what happened to this student that existed in the Harry Potter world that doesn't exist anymore. So you pick up like clues and you're trying to piece it all together. And I don't know if there's going to be any kind of like depth beyond that. I mean, maybe once you find all the clues, it'll be like, Oh, you found her kind of thing or figured out what happened (laughs) or whatever it may be. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't think it's going to be like, all right, you know, Phoenix Wright style, you've got all these clues now piece it together, Phoenix. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot more to do in that regard. Um, A lot of things are kind of like a direct swap. So eggs are now portmanteaus. Um, You pick them up and then use keys to unlock them. And, of course, the only way to unlock them is to walk, you know, X amount of kilometers. But they have other things that are based off of, like, mobile games, such as, like, uh, potion brewing. Um, You can go in, you can brew yourself a potion. It takes X amount of time, you know, in real in real time to brew it. But if you stir the pot certain ways, um, you can increase the speed of that brew by like 15 percent or 20 percent. So there's a lot more interactivity with the things that you are waiting on. And it doesn't feel like such a slog. Um, You don't have any kind of like buddy system uh or anything like that so it's not like the things that you're picking up are called foundables i guess i should have prefaced with that um and the thing yes as opposed to unobtainiums (laughs) right exactly (laughs) well it gets better so the foundables are um are being trapped or harassed or or otherwise um i guess captured by confoundables so uh, yeah, so you cast the spell, then it gets added into your book, aka the old Pokédex, um, and it's less grindy in that regard because most of the things you only need one of. Um, it's not like in Pokémon Go where you have to catch 600 of something because you need 400 Waylord candies in order to get a Waylord as opposed to a Whalmer or something. Um, so yeah, it, it's just... It's a lot more refined um, than Pokemon Go was, at least at launch. And if they're starting at this high of a foothold already, I think that they're going to um, they're going to exceed uh, the expectations. The funny thing is, is that I don't think as many people are playing this game. Um, I looked around the map at certain things that would have been gyms and Pokestops and things like that, and 
you know, you just don't see the same lures being set up. You don't see people congregating around this, at, you know, like it was when Pokemon Go came out. So I don't know success wise how it'll hold up. But um, I mean, it's a it's a really good game. I mean, the thing that appeals to me is um, I I have heard from a couple different people that um, you can play while you're a passenger in the car. Hey. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I've never done this ever. So don't uh, take my word for it. But I have heard that if you click I'm a passenger, um, unlike Pokemon Go, which shuts basically everything off, um, you can still uh, capture the things that are on the map, pick up things. Uh, if you happen to drive by something like a greenhouse or an inn or whatever it may be, um, you can interact with those things. The problem is it's also very, very um, accurate with its GPS. So the minute you fall out of it, you get kicked out of that thing. So, um, but yes, you can, in fact, play while being a passenger legitimately. Yay. Yeah, I know that works out well for you because uh, Pokemon Go is not friendly to you. Nope, not so much. So that's good. Yeah, now, uh, now uh, Peter, you brought up a, a game that I thought there'd be more people in the RPG cast talking about and playing this week, and that's uh, Bloodstained. But I guess everyone's like me and just waiting on the Switch version to come out next week. It's hard. Not, I mean, you know, I don't speak for every gamer, but being an adult and having to do life stuff, my Switch has become my companion in life. Why is the Nintendo like, system the one for adults? I don't understand this. I, I don't <laughs> this know, happen? because if you because if you drop it, it breaks and kids can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. It's just like everything I get now. I'm just like, oh, is it coming out on the Switch? Great, I'll wait Switch for that. When? You know, when I Switch? W- Switch? Switch? Yeah. Switch? 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 That's exactly right. Um. So yeah, I I'm really anxious and looking forward to Bloodstained, but I was not willing to buy an extra copy a week early just because I know I won't sit down and play it unless it's on the Switch. So. Yep. I guess that'll be a next week topic. All right. Is that everything everybody's been playing? I was planning to get Bloodstained this week. Then I learned about the Switch stuff, and I all of a sudden became undecided what platform I want to play on, and now I don't know what I'm doing with Bloodstained. Also, I didn't read any reviews. Is it any good? Yeah, people like it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's a little glitchy from what I've seen, but other than that, uh, there's patches that fix some of the stuff. So it's a Castlevania game? Oh, yeah, they basically announced in an email, they were like, don't play this game until you patch to 1.02. Yeah, Otherwise, you your s- save files suck. Yeah, so if you start a game and then patch to 1.02, it actually locks all the treasure chests. <laughs> That's So you amazing. can't get um, progression items out of treasure chests anymore. All right. Yeah, actually, I think there's a bug in judgment. Like, if you start playing the game before it's completely installed a couple of the arcade games in the i think space harrier and something else will work for you Stop so if you're concerned broken about that games companies <laughs> what are we going to do in the future if like nintendo's online services are down and you go to play your boxed copy of 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 bloodstain and all of a sudden you can't because it's broken the did- digital future how did this not be a thing before? Like, so before we if were able to have broken, live patches, 
tough bananas. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There were glitches in old games. They were less yeah, likely were to ship glitches. Bugs wouldn't be marked as non-shippable as easily before because mm-hmm. there wasn't the ability to patch. Right now, you can yeah. count, you can plan on a day one patch in your in your debugging and QAing. So I think that's what the real issue. is. What Got the difference? It. Excuse me. Well, and is. games also cost a lot more to make. Now. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, yeah, it was I mean, one like thing when you could make a Game Boy Color game dead. for $50,000. <laughs> now we're talking about those mid-tier, trashy movie tie-in games. Those are 3 to $5 million. Yeah. I mean, I get that even in the old days, you know, there were still versions of games. Like, if you bought Final Fantasy VIII, for example, on day one, that's probably different than the Greatest Hits version. Because they probably... You know, yeah, they probably found some things and they fixed it. And they're like, hey, let's reship it better. Um, but I was just like, I don't remember ever having a game and putting it in and being like, oh, this game breaking glitch has just corrupted my save. And now all my chests are locked and I can't open them. So the game yes. is no longer playable. Well, I don't I mean, know if this happened to you guys. But no when I played Star Ocean 2 back in the day, I'd get to a certain oh, point in the game where the game oh would freeze God. and just... There was a cave that you would have to like be real careful with. Yeah, I mean, people yep. talk about the golden days where all the games were perfect and none of them had hey any no. bugs. And I'm hey like, no. Grandia, Grandia 2, every Star Ocean game that we've ever had in North America. I mean, just saying. But is that... Having bugs is one thing, but like... Game is there a golden bugs? age of yeah. where games were not completable? <laughs> <laughs> or games were actually completable, then the, that that's kind the of the thing. Or the good glitches, like the like the Final Fantasy VI, you know, sketch glitch. Yeah, I don't um, think anyone's asking for those glitches to not happen anymore. I think what we're asking is games like, are also a lot more complex. Makes now. a game actually be finishable in the version that's shipped on the disc? Okay. Doesn't seem totally crazy, but I don't know. It. I I think it's a I think it's a problem of scale. When we only had sixteen games that came out in a year, if two of them had bugs, that was you know what uh, one out of eight. If we apply the same one out of eight to every game that's coming out now, is it proportionally different? Well, how I'm many lines of code are in modern games <laughs> now in comparison to an older game? Look, I, I mean, just it enjoy must be exponentially different. <laughs> well, let's make up numbers start... some other time. All right, fine. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to start a, start a news article. Anna says from RP Gamer <laughs> that one out of every eight games is broken. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, obviously, we need uh, these companies to have better game testers than what they have right now. It's, it's all, all QA's fault. Oh, no, I mean, no, should, no. We no. should pay them less and oh. make them work more. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only person here who's done game QA, and it is a soul-sucking thing. And you did it from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, I didn't even have to go to an office and be there for tw- 12 hours with a bunch of other people who hadn't fucking showered. Hey. Sorry. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can we so, add a um, bleep in for that? <laughs> yeah. No, my favorite part is, and anybody asks me what it's like to QA, I tell them this great story where I, I was uh, a QAing um, a, a tablet game, and I, I there's a spreadsheet where we were doing all of our bugs, so I entered it in, I entered the priority, and like 30 minutes later, my phone rings, and it's my boss going, why did you do that? 
I carried a rock from one side of the map all the way to the other side and attempted to give it to an NPC and it crashed the game. He was like, what drove you to do that? And I'm like, <laughs> seemed like something a dumb player would do. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you can do it in the game. If you, know, you can do it in the game. It it, Why it's did one of those... you carry a rock from one side? <laughs> because of the it seemed the like something that a player would do. What are you supposed to be carrying the rock for? Uh, that's a good question. You're so in the earlier builds. You don't even know. So in the earlier builds, the rocks couldn't be picked up. Okay. So and then we got a build that the rocks would be picked up. I'm like, great! I'm gonna do everything I can possibly think of with the rocks uh, because there is always gonna be someone who is you? going to do something completely unexpected. You're, you've got the mind of QAer. I I'm pleased to announce we're cutting your she salary. Just understand stupid people. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to our feedback. Wait, wait, is that a dig on me or a dig on? Her? That's a dig on me. You're saying I'm stupid. No, I just figured no. it out. No, no. Oh, okay. All right, good. All right. So our our question of the week last week was, what game were you excited about before E3, but now are totally uninterested in? And since Ryan and Peter weren't on the podcast last week, wait. Was Peter on the podcast last week? Yeah. Right. Since Ryan wasn't on the podcast last you week. You weren't on the podcast I'm going to put week. him on the spot, and then I'm going to put myself on the spot. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to say the Dragon Ball okay. Z project. <laughs> Ryan doesn't even remember what the question is. What game were you excited about before E3, but now are totally uninterested in? Could this just be uh, games that didn't show up in E3? Absolutely. And just disappointed? I'm disappointed that they didn't have Doraemon Story of Seasons available for play. No, no. The goal of this question is something you saw stuff from E3 and it made you less interested in the game. Yeah. So not Kak- showing Kakarot. up is not, does not count. Kakarot. All right. You can go ahead. Let me get back to that question. I yeah, no. My, mine's totally DBZ Kakarot. Because I was super excited with most of the stuff at E3. I was like, yeah, Dragon Ball Z RPG. When they do original stories, I really like them. And when they just retell the TV show, I hate them. So guess what? What are you talking about? What DBZ games are they showing original stories? The the 3DS game that I played. Oh, okay. I don't and and the new um, card game one. Well, you the know what? You sit you over there and you play I, your Atelier game. I've watched so many games. And, and Peter's going to play Kakarot. <laughs> I'm going to play the shit out of it, okay? <laughs> I just... I, <laughs> um, I'm going to twerk and catch fish. What? All right. <laughs> so, so one game does come to mind uh, as far as E3 disappointment, and that was the uh, Square, saw, uh, Square Enix um, Avengers game. Okay, that's shit. what I was going to oh, say, too. <laughs> When they there showed were some the pretty hot takes uh, for that game. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it was. You know, I was I was interested in it. I was uh, hopeful. You know, it could turn out to be something. Um, you know, special. And then I saw the gameplay, and it just looked. You what, know, what gameplay? Not, Where did you see not, gameplay? Or the just the screen? Well, there was some gameplay. I guess Iron Man flying around. What? I guess that was <laughs> gameplay. That was gameplay. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, but uh, I mean, it just this? it just pales in comparison to the uh, Ultimate Alliance three and and how hyped I am to play that game. So I mean, I guess I guess I was comparing it to that, and it just it just isn't living up to the um, the expectations. I would agree with that. Are you bummed too that they're using the really old costumes instead of like the Marvel ones or the Marvel movie ones? Yeah, it, it just the the faces look. 
I mean, clunky. They don't look very. I mean, I guess they couldn't take the uh, actors and actresses' faces from the movies, so they had to change them up. But they just kind of look like knockoffs now, so it looks just. Yeah. Looks a they look bad. like the comics. No, they don't. Okay. It'd be fine if they look like the comics. Okay. Yeah, I was. I don't know. I was bummed too. I agree. I'm not really looking forward to the Avengers one as much as Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I'm bummed that that's the reason we're not getting any Deus Ex anytime soon. Yep. Because they're working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that what they're doing? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're involved in well, that. Yeah. You know, Deus Ex, I don't think the second one sold that great. So. It was on sale a yeah. lot. Or but I mean, it, it also it had that sell like good ridic- enough for Square Enix. Yeah, exactly. There, there you go. Get it. Get the the right wording. <laughs> Wasn't Deus Ex Two one of those games that you had to decipher the pre-orders on a spreadsheet? Oh, probably. Yes, it was one of those. Yeah. Okay. All right. The insanely complicated pre-order bonuses. We also had fan feedback. Oh, was that what the was that the one that also had like the Kickstarter style things? Like the more people, yeah, that they had to like cancel pre-order. that or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got blowback for that. Hardcore blowback, yeah. They were just like, eh, we're... Eh. All right. <laughs> um, we, we also got fan feedback. Um, Featherhoof wrote in and said, this isn't an RPG, but when Microsoft teased a new Battletoads last year, I got super hyped. Then they actually showed it this year, and while the gameplay looks solid and what I'd expect of Battletoads, the art style is truly horrendous. It was literally one of those moments where the super excited grin slowly melted from my face to be replaced with a disappointed, sad, what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> We're sorry, Featherhoof. <laughs> All right. So we need a new question of the week, guys. Uh, oh, heck, I don't know. It's too early. The show the, isn't over no, we yet. we need to have um, news first. All right. Well, then let's jump into the news. Someone prep me. Thank you. So we have just a little bit of news because we are in that post E3 slump. We're going to talk about some of the coverage that we put up this week. Um, coverage will be continuing probably uh, definitely through at least today, um, June the 22nd, 2019, in case you're listening to the show or super later. Um, and we'll probably have more of it um, through to the end of June. So keep checking back because we definitely have more to show. And a huge big thank you to Pascal and Harry who are doing all this coverage by themselves. We only had two people at E3 this year. We normally have like four or five at least. Um, and I, I so, think Pascal said he's still got like six more to put up yeah, or something like that. Yeah, by the like time that. Pascal is yep. done, he's going to have something like 26 impressions and interviews. Oh my so, yeah, his impressions have been great. I've been looking forward to those. Yeah, no, he's he's been he's been cranking. How in the world is he doing out? it at this point? Like everything starts to fade from my head the day after you E3. You don't take very good notes. Oh, okay. Well, that explains it. Yeah. All right, let's get to news. Um, Pixel Noir has entered early access. Ooh, how do um, I get it? How do so, I get it? So um, the game was actually supposed to be out by now. Is it on the Switch? <clears throat> no, Steam. Oh. Early access on Steam. Um, you can <laughs> play... Steam. Switch? No, the first Switch. four chapters, um, which is approximately half of the game story. Um, and then they, uh, while they're through, while they're working through early access feedback, they're also working on the second half of Pixel Noir, which is a 16-bit um, throwback uh, Super Nintendo-style game. Um, you control up to three characters, including the detective, um, who is the main character, patrolling Pinnacle City and trying to solve a mystery that fills in the gap of his memories. 
Um, now, this is scheduled for the Switch, as well as PS4, Vita, Xbox One, and PC, um, but they don't have a release date at this time. The Vita lives. The Vita lives. Vita means life. <laughs> All right. Um, Monster Hunter World Iceborne um, is having a beta. So if you have a PlayStation 4 with PlayStation Plus, you will be able to access the beta starting yesterday, June 21st, and through tomorrow, June 23rd. Um, the second beta is all PS4 owners, and that will run from June 28th onward. Wait, what do I get to do? I have a PS4. Play, play Iceborne. Oh, Iceborne. Yep. Oh, Peter. You do not need to own Monster Hunter Peter. World to access the beta, but you do need to have a copy of the game in order to play the expansion's first release. Oh. Um, we also got some more... Trailers? Yeah. So there's a nine-minute tour of the upcoming expansion area. What? Um, yep. Wow. So check that out. They're also adding a new thing called the Clutch Claw, which allows players to cling the monsters and make attacks. Okay. Um, doing That's so makes forces them to drop slinger ammo. That's up your sleeve. That's up your alley, right, Chris? Sure. Don't you use a slinger? Everyone uses a slinger. Oh. That's the that's the the thing everyone has to like grab onto things. Gotcha. Um, what you're thinking of is the insect glaive. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in case you didn't remember, Iceborne arrives on both PS4 and Xbox on September 6th. September 6th. Uh, PC um, versions will also get this expansion, but um, later. We don't have a date for that yet. Uh, Food You has announced Foodie the you. Alliance Alive HD remaster is launching in Japan on October 10th, 2019. Um, it'll be both PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch in Japan. Um, there were more screenshots that came with this. Um, so this is, uh, like, uh, a spiritual successor to Legend of Legacy made by the guy who created the Saga series. Um, yeah. NAS America has already announced, um, that this game will be coming to North America and Europe for PS4 and Nintendo Switch as well as PC. Um, but they don't have a date quite yet. All right. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a copy of the the 3ds version and i think i'm just gonna wait for the switch version to play this game yeah I almost <laughs> have cut... they said what they're doing about the uh, localization on that since it was atlas that did it the the so, 3ds version right so nis america and atlas are actually fairly tight um and yeah. so they're taking atlas's original translation and building off of it hmm. yeah it's really interesting that that's like the second time they're doing that um because they're doing two of the underwater way romano games yeah, and so they're taking the Atlas translations as their base and going from there for their two Udo games. Udo Rade Romano. Underwater Ray Romano. Right. Is the um, Alliance Alive a good one? No, this is the second one. This is one yeah, Pascal he, said is good. Yeah, Pascal yeah. really likes it. And I mean, Wheels likes it, it but yeah, that really doesn't crazy. count. Wait, and you haven't tried it yet, Anna? Because you're crazy. No, no, no. It was one that um, people were bugging me to buy it, bugging me to buy it. And then, uh, like, as I was like, all right, maybe I should buy it. Well, they got cool the HD guy. version. Why haven't you played this game? There's a penguin too. There's a penguin. Yeah. Anna, pengu, I'm pengu, pingu, pingu. Noot, 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 noot. All right, so I'll play it when what it comes out on the for? Switch. Oh, come on! You have it on 3DS. You bought no, it. No, I don't. Oh, didn't someone send it to you? No. Oh. I thought you had it. Oh. I'm so sorry. I really did. Oh, carrying on. Oh, I'm back to Final Fantasy. There's a Canadian kid show with a penguin, and we 
Yeah. It's not it Canadian, but it, yeah, it's super popular it's in totally Canada. Canadian. It's it's Pingu and it's like claymation animation and it's a little um kid penguin and he gets into all sorts of hijinks. Um and they they like go hard on the claymation. So like that one, you know, like when stuff gets squashed, it and then it like pops back up. It's really awesome. But yeah, they don't speak any words. Um they they just newt newt at each other. Newt newt. Newt newt. There's a great video on YouTube looking. of every single newt newt that Pingu does. Please watch it. Newt newt. I was going to say if you're looking for something funny to watch, watch Pingu uh replacing famous pop songs with newts in the middle of the lyrics <laughs> and that forever will make me cry. <laughs> just... Yeah, I have to watch that later. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Oh, right. you, you know, feel good ink, right? It's like, yeah. dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 and they go, noot, noot. I'm just like, no, I can't. <laughs> my soul. Oh my God, I can't so, wait. Yeah. All right. Um, that's so, the news. <laughs> check out. <laughs> uh, Dragon Star of Arnie, or surprising no one, is coming to PC in September. So Idea Factory International announced the PC port of Dragon Star Varner will release in December. Um, the PC version will be available on Steam, coming with English, Japanese, and Chinese subtitles. Um, and so we've talked about this before. Dragon Star Varner is um, about a knight who's chasing down witches because witches can um, become dragons. And then he becomes Dragula. a witch and he's just going to have to deal with it. Oh. Um, and so that's available um, for PlayStation 4 in North America and Europe. Came out like last week. All right. So that's the end of the news yeah. news. And then I'm going to run news over news. Um, more of the E3 coverage that we have. And you should come and read those at rpgamer.com. All right. Um, we had a great interview with uh, Naoki Yoshida from Final Fantasy 14. It's such a good interview. It's a really great interview. It's got tons right, of information. Now we're um, the ESA uh, Foundation, we sat down with Anastasia and did an interview with her. About what? Um, the video game industry. Oh, in general? Mm-hmm. They make video games. Mm-hmm. No. ESA. Yes, they do. Electronic Software Association. No, the video game industry makes video oh, games. Oh, yes, yes. ESA does not make video games. They <laughs> okay. run things like E3 and they oh. have a, they have a mark, uh, not a marketing arm, uh, a legal arm. Um, we, uh, talked to some people. What's their about, other arm? Uh, if one arm, arm is leak. Oh, oh, all right. Um, we talked to some people that were making Bless Unleashed. Does that mean they have an, an illegal arm, arm impression. for the other arm? I'm going to ignore you now. Okay. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield <laughs> impression, as well as Legend of Hero Trails of Cold Steel 3 impression. Those are rare. Um, because, uh, Cold Steel 3 was actually tucked into the back of the Atlas booth and no one knew it was there. So yes, Unless read our crazy tales. People like we are tales, trails, yeah. trails. Excuse me. We, I think we had an offsite uh, appointment. That works so. too. Um, we sat down and there were there were two impressions. Both Harry and uh, Pascal played the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is really interesting because both of them were like Ugh, in regards to the remake, and both of them like now. They seem happier about it. Much happier. Good. In fact, Harry's like, this sounded like crap, and then I played it, and I'm actually really enthused now. Yay. <laughs> People making a game know what they're doing. Yes, Chris Tales, um, which That's was like my, my surprise game of the show. It looks amazing. Ah, I played the demo. Did you play the demo? No, I it's was kind of busy. It's on Steam. You play can play it, it right now. Oh, I wait. played it after you came home. What do you mean you were busy? I'll... When are you going to play it? <laughs> 
I'll play it when it comes out on Switch. Oh, um, Asgard's Wrath. We have an Eve 3 impression. We also have an impression of Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood, which like no one is talking about. It's really I weird. People talking I, about. I have seen almost no impressions of this game. But anyways, um, if you're paranoid, then happiness is mandatory. We have an E3 impression for Wait, that one. That a game title? Yeah. Or were you Paranoia, just happiness is mandatory. Okay. Um, which is different from We Happy Few. No, okay. probably not. Probably same concept. No, um, I don't think it's... I don't know. No, Paranoia, happiness is mandatory. That's the one where you have... Your party is being given tasks to do by a machine, and by the AI that controls the colony, and if the, co- the AI be- thinks that uh, you are acting against the good of the colony, it will kill you, and so you have to like do things to help the people without getting killed, and then if you get killed, you get new people. It, it's weird. All right. Yeah. That game sounds weird. Yeah. Um, we do have an impression of multiple Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, as well as a game called Conan Chop Chop. All right, what? Conan Chop Chop. Is that an actual name of a game? <laughs> Are we playing Switch game or, or fake game? No, yeah. it's a real game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, Pascal did play Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Um, we also have impressions for Kill Squad, um, Destiny Connect, and Real Fishing Road Trip Adventure. I actually did that demo. And then the staff I'm got together... If- um, both the home team and away team and talked about their highlights of E3 2019. So check out that feature. We also have lots of editorial content this week. Um, we have a Sword and Fairy 6 review. Was that you, Ryan? I proofed this. No, it was the other Ryan. It, I'm no, sorry. Other Ryan. <sighs> too many Ryans. One of you is fired. Work it out between the two of you. <laughs> Get back to us. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Just so people don't think I'm serious, there's a running joke on our staff Discord um, that we have too many people named Michael on the staff, and so I regularly fire, but I don't actually have the capacity to fire people. Um, I regularly fire she wheels. She made one of them leave the site? Who's, who's the the host of our Q&A quest, so check out his podcast. He's awesome. All right. We have a Swords of Ditto Mormos Cars review. I wonder who wrote that. I don't know. Oh, oh it was you. We've just we've gotten tired of not having as many reviews as we should, so now you're reviewing. Yes. Um, and then Platy wrote his, wrote a very long Octopath Travel review. I can't believe it took us a year to review that game. Apparently, nobody ever finished it before. Yep. I don't know how that yeah. happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Someone right. told me the story, and I still don't understand it. There were a lot of people that played <laughs> it. Very few people finished it. Yeah. Um, yeah we win our best game last like year. Yes, but it was also the how game. You win the best game, and oh, it was the game that people quit the most last year too. What does that even mean? Yeah. We we keep track. We really of it liked online. it, but oh my gosh, it's too long, and we stopped playing it. Well, yeah. That that is a valid thing to do, Chris. Oh no. Persona 5 was our second most quick game. You're talking to someone who suffers from anxiety. We're not able to make such distinctions in life. <laughs> we <laughs> we have... must finish all the things and worry about things endlessly until they're done. We have a new adventure corner covering the um, visual novel World End Syndrome, which is available on PS4 and Switch. Um, and then we also have a Brave Land Trilogy review. I wonder who wrote that. I don't know. Mm, Who did that? Yeah, it was me. Yeah. Right. All right. This joke's already old. (laughs) Don't worry. I won't ever make it again. Uh huh. (laughs) Sure you won't. Uh, We have an Ease Nine. 
trailer. Yay! Trailer. And then we have a uh, a Doraemon Story of Seasons trailer because it's out in trailer. Um, Blue Winged Chevalier has its debut. Trailer. All right. Um, and then, um, so this weird thing happened where um, Children of Morta got a demo on Steam, but it was an extremely limited demo. And by the time you listen to this show, uh, it's not going to be available anymore. Sorry. It's a, it's a weird strategy Wasn't of like you can weird? play it for three days and then it goes away. Yeah, it was like, yep, nope, too bad. Uh, three days and then it's done. It was a weird time in the in the news cycle too because no one puts out news on a Wednesday. Yeah. Anyways. Also during the week, it wasn't a weekend either. Just no, like during yeah, the week, yeah. here's a few days so you can play it. All right. Um, so if you missed out, um, the game is coming out this summer for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Um, it's a hack and slash roguelite that stars the Bergson family who have been the guardians of Mount Morta forever. Therefore, they are the children of Morta. I'm vaguely interested in this. I think I might want to watch a Let's Play before I dive into it. Um, there is also more information for the Dragon Quest movie. And um, there are... Somebody help me the, the, the The Nino Kuni movie? What? Yeah. So there's trailers. Oh, trailers! Trailers! Trailers, 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 movie. trailers, trailers, switch, trailers. Thank you, Chris. You're very helpful. Now I want to see somebody Photoshop yeah. like a trailer on a truck that's just a switch. Yeah. When, when people ask me for trailers on Twitter on my work account, I just send them pictures of trailers. Oh. <laughs> I can't say that I like, I kind of like the way that the Dragon Quest five movie looks like it's going. Like it, it, it does. I look don't know. Really it looks like pretty good. good. It does look shiny. Yeah. It's going to be cool, interesting to see if they're going to actually pair the hero with one of the, the female leads in the game, or if it's going to end before he gets married. Mm, How could they? Uh, yeah, like that would be a retcon if you changed girl? it. Okay, all three of us just talked at the same time, didn't they? All right, <laughs> let's try that <laughs> <Yes>. again. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> yeah, like it would be kind of crazy if they totally retconned it, because, I mean, that was part of the cool thing about Five was like, you, the main character actually isn't like the one true hero. It's actually your kids that are the the one that actually does the defeating of the evil lord. It was always the cool thing about it. Right. Well, they haven't shown the kids yet, so well, I don't know. Well, when, when does it split? So like I don't know where it's going to game or, or two thirds of the way like they, they show they they show him uh, turning to stone. And how far into the game was that? I mean that that's where you know he gets turned uh, into a statue for like ten years or whatever. I don't remember exactly how far in the game that was. Was that halfway or two thirds of the way through? In the game, when does you when do you switch to your kids? Uh, that's the last chunk of the game. Okay. Well then. So yeah. does that mean whichever whichever wife he picks that that'll be the canon wife? That um, that was oh, my question. Is like so so we do we get an officially canon girl? And we've only seen two of the three. Uh, of the, the the wives because one of them was introduced in the DS version. Yeah, right. I don't know. She's if not married. They're going to. So she's her. in the original. The way that it was explained to me was she was in the original game, but not a not a marriage choice. Yeah, that's my understanding. But of okay. course, I haven't played the original ROM. 
I wonder if it will be like the, I mean, that was one of the funniest things playing the DS game was like you get married and then you're just wandering along and then like, up, oh, she's pregnant and having the kid. <laughs> it feels like no time has passed. It was always hilarious. All right. So I actually thought of our question of the week because it's something that I want to pimp. Oh, what is it? Okay. So every July we have an event and we do this with a couple of other sister sites where we do JRPG July, which is Wait, very fitting for our We have gamer. sister sites that do this we too? We do. Well, yeah. what are they? It was, it was, uh, it was created by Chick Pixel. Um, uh, Ann Lee did that. Yeah. So Chick Pixel runs a different theme every month. And there are some months where the theme is locked in every year. And there are some months um, where the theme changes every year. But JRPG July has been a staple for like, what, five years at least? Something like that. Four or yes. five years. Yes. So, um, you know, Sam um, walked around our site, is also a fan of Chick Pixel, um, really loved the idea, introduced her to RP Gamer, and we've kind of run away with it because we love doing this. And so um, probably by the time we have our next podcast, we will have our first column? Question mark? Mm. Maybe closer to the first of July? I don't think so. I think it, nah, it'll be first of July is the first one. Okay. So it'll be right after the next next mm-hmm. podcast. I mean, we're already doing our intros and stuff behind the scene. So um, uh, I want to ask people, what would they like to play for JRPG July? Or suggest a game for us to play and a specific person to play it. I'm going to play Final Fantasy fourteen Because the expansion comes out like July 2nd. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... JRPG July is coming. Yeah, it is. I got to decide on something. Right right now I'm torn. I was thinking about either Final Fantasy VI or now you've kind of got me interested in Atelier. Oh, it's so, so I don't know which way I'm going to go. It's so good. Okay. All right. So JRPG July is coming. What game will you play for the month? And we'll answer that question ourselves next um, week and we'll answer your feedback on it. So here is how you leave feedback. One, our email address is podcast at rpgamer.com. Pretty simple. Um, you can call or text us at 608-729-4098. You can listen to the show every week, Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash rpgamer and talk with us in the chat like Power Lord and Veil Who Fights Cats have been doing. Um, and you can also follow our Twitter account at RPGamer. And when I tweet about our question of the week, slap a reply down there. So lots of ways to get a hold of us. Um, new releases this week. Um, so we, we, I, I stretched the definition of an RPG this week. Uh oh. <laughs> so Bloodstained <laughs> is coming on Switch. And Judgment came out yesterday on PS4, but I didn't see it in the release dates for last week. So I wanted Blood to Stains make sure was out last week. it was digital only yesterday for people who pre-ordered the official release date is Tuesday. It's Tuesday. All right. Um, Super Mario Maker 2 I put on this list because Chris is excited for that. Um, nope, someone will make an RPG in it. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Harry Potter's uh, Wizards Unite is available for iOS and Android, which is not which is, uh, RPG adjacent. Um, and then another one, which I suspect will show up in an adventure um, corner column for us. We, the Revolution, is available now on X or coming out this week on Xbox One and Switch. Um, everyone that I know that has demoed this game has said it is incredibly depressive, and you still need to play it. 
So mm. I'm kind of torn because apparently it is incredibly depressing to play it. It's a uh, that's it's... what I mean. My life, some more depression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not depressed, guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it is apparently a very hard game to get play, but a very good game to play. Um, yeah, it's set in in the French Revolution, and everybody's getting guillotined, and yeah, you get to make some hard choices in this game. So if you're playing it, um, let us know. We we actually want to hear about it. Right. Um, so what are we going to be playing this week? Peter's going to be playing Bloodstained, right? Yes, definitely. Josh, when you finish Judgment, what are you going to jump into next? Mm, that's a good question. See, I hadn't decided that yet. If I finish that, maybe back into uh, uh, Sakura Tyson. <gasps> yes. Uh. So if you're not following at J Scarp, S-C-A-R-P-E, J-S-C-A-R-P-E. RPE on Twitter. Um, Josh tweets about various games that he plays. I do too, um, but you probably already follow me. Um, so yes, screenshots, screenshots of of all the best girls. Uh huh. Ryan, what and all the best victory poses. Um, I'm thinking more Final Fantasy, more Fire Emblem, and then I might pick up uh, Last Story uh, to play uh, as my JRPG uh, July game. Excellent. Good game. Ooh, interesting. So Chris is going to play Final Fantasy fourteen this week because and five and Final Fantasy five. So four and, job Fiesta and and Final Fantasy fourteen and maybe Judgment and maybe Bloodstained and maybe Mario Monster Maker. Hunter. I can't play all these things. Oh, and Borderlands and Monster Hunter and Monster Hunter. <laughs> maybe I'll just play fourteen. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Please, someone help Chris. Wargroove. I'll play Wargroove. I can't help him anymore. I just can't. Can I it's it's beyond me. No, donut. you ate too much cake last no, week, and you got was, sick. It was cheesecake, and we had listen. That was a stomach mm-hmm. bug. When, and you got it too, and other people got it at work. It's an actual virus. I'm clear for regular cake, and that way you won't steal any. Doubt. You will steal some? No, I just don't think you're ready for a regular cake. I'm t- I just really want it, though. It was Chris's birthday last week. It was. We had a cake delivered, and then he got really sick eating it. I didn't get really sick. I, just, I had to poop a lot. All right, that's a great note to end the show on. <laughs> kind of a brown note to end the show on. All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Josh. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Peter. Ryan's never going to be back. Thanks a lot, Chris. <laughs> um, I'm Andrew thanks, here for RP Gamer. Thank you, Dale North, for our lovely, lovely music. Thank you, Kelly Ryan, for our lovely, lovely artwork. Thank you, Forecast, for doing our encoding. And we will see everybody next week. Bye. Adios. See ya. Later. Short.